Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Morna, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? I hope everybody's keeping well and safe in these trying times. Yeah, another week, another empty, uh, you know, itinerary of Premier League fixtures. It's actually scary when you look at the, um, you know, if you go on your sporting apps, when you just see everything, it's like blank. I think the only leagues you can actually find any fixtures for is some... Um, of that Belarus league, and yeah. Some odd friendlies in you know almost like Timbuktu or some nether parts of the world. I've resorted on um, there's one of those sporting bet apps. Um, watching e soccer from time to time, where the guys are playing FIFA against <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah. So um, with regards to football news, um, I don't know if everybody has now seen or even heard of um, this whole thing with the Premier League. Uh, you know, there's a whole thing about the salary thing, you know, where, where teams are going to, or, or players will actually forfeit like part of their salary. But the, the only problem I find with this whole thing is, um, look, it goes also both ways. When I look at, at the players, like if, if, especially the elite ones, you can't like seriously tell me they are, you know, lacking, uh, you know, almost like they're going to starve or that type of thing. Because, I mean, sometimes some of them are on such hectic, hectic uh, salaries. I mean, it, it makes no sense, you know, going about this whole thing the way they are, you know, making it out to be now. But then on the flip side also, when you look at the Premier League, and I don't know if you remember this, I mean, it's an annual thing, or not actually annual, it happens sometimes even every two years, where the Premier League has to splash out the, um, you know, when, when the, the, the rights packages for different, you know, TV networks, etc. Do they are boasting figures of, you know, in the billions and that, for the, you know, for the rights to be, you know, and it's not just like, say, Sky Sports or like in South Africa, DSTV and then the USA, like the various, like Fox Network and etc. etc. But now all of a sudden with this whole thing, you cannot tell me that they're not using the money well because they are, like, they almost like trying to play now the poor guy. And then everybody's like trying to get almost like bailouts now from the governments and stuff like that. But I'm thinking to myself, you guys are rolling in cash. Everybody, even the execs are like multi-millionaires. So, I mean, surely that money can be also somehow folded down to the rest. Yeah, 100%. I mean, first of all, going back to your point of the footballers, I mean, you know, like a guy like Mesut Ozil is earning, what, 300k a week. I mean, surely you can <laughs> cut that a quarter for the um, next till the season reboot. I mean, the salaries these guys are on, I mean, I'm not saying they don't earn it, but if you look at the amount of money they make every time, I mean, it's the best way to cut costs is that way. I mean, it's not like they're going to starve as well. So, I mean, you know, for, for that sake, I think it should be either wage cuts, you know, I know it's a bit tough on them, but it's not like that's in dire situation. So, yeah. If that needs to be done, then let's, uh, they can look at doing that. And, I mean, the also the FA as well probably makes, or the guys in the yeah. Premier League, uh, the money they make, it's, you can't even put probably a, a real price to it. So, you know, it's a small knock they're taking. Unless these guys are spending so much money every week, I mean, there's no reason why they should, you know, a pay cut is such a big deal. Because I mean, my like, like my personal take is, and I mean, I mentioned it in the last podcast or a few podcasts as well. I mean, I'm just, I normally feel sorry for 
you know, the people that are playing, say, League One, League Two, and then, you know, that semi-pro leagues. Because, I mean, look, these guys, if you take that, that is literally the, you know, the bread and butter. So why, you know, like, and then you have these people uh, doing some, like, self-promotion type stuff in, in on the YouTube videos and, and stuff like that. And then I'm just thinking, so, yeah, you're sitting in your mansion behind, you know, uh, security gates or gated community. And I mean, there's other people that are, you know, really slogging it out, wanting, you know, to make some sort of living. Yeah, it's 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 quite drastic. And I mean, if you compare, you know, like you mentioned, people are slogging it out trying to make a living. You look at those, these everyday guys, like, you know, the UNI who have this, like, who have to work their normal working hours. I mean, you look at that compared to these footballers. I mean, what these footballers earn in a, a week, you know, most people earn yeah. in a year or a year and a half. So it's. It's, it should be, I mean, it shouldn't be such a big deal about it. Yeah. Um, other topic I want to also bring up, you know, as you now go on uh, with regards to, you know, spotlights on players and stuff like that, I was just thinking, like, I, I think I messaged you the other day when I was telling you about, um, you know, with, with regards to Kossialni. And I just think, uh, you know, I was just sitting by myself and I was thinking, where did that whole thing go wrong? Because if you remember, he was still you know, doing well leading into the like the end of the season because look, he came back from the terrific injury, the Achilles injury, and then it, it seemed like there was some sort of breakdown with the minute that that season was like it ended, and then there was already turmoil because I mean you already heard that like, you know you wanted to force the move away, and that, and I mean at the end of it all, when when the whole thing almost like the, the breakdown between management and and the, the player, there wasn't even like a real farewell for the player, and it's almost like he just I was like, because they only would just put down, you know, in the back page of football history at the club, because it's like nobody could also give him like a, a right, you know, a right send off, or, or the club also didn't also give him a right send off. So there was something really, you know, brewing in the background. And I mean, I find it a real shame because he was some, like, as, as injury prone as he was in the latter part of his career. I mean, for me, he's only like, he was the cement that held that thing together at the back also. Yeah, but look, you were thrown in with every single defensive <laughs> partner you could put. <laughs> I mean, you got headbutted by Skilachi, you know, in his early days. He played with Famala, and then he was, you know, with Motosaka. From Motosaka, you got put next to Mustafi. Um, you know, whoever you name it, he was put next to, and he's always done a stellar job, even Shuru as well. And he's always done a stellar job. And now, for me, it is a sad thing to see him go. As he was actually one of my favorite players at the time, you know, once Fabregas yeah. left. So, nine years at the club, um, and, you know, not, no, nothing. Just mm. a big FU almost for leaving the club. And it was also so sudden. Eh? I mean, one minute he's like, there was still talk of, except at the end of the season. After that, that uh, Europa League final, where they're talking about, you know, how they see the, the, the plans for the, you know, the new season and, and where to rebuild and that. And then the next minute, you just see, now nah, they're, pu- they're pushing full steam ahead with a move to like, to France. And then when I, I think when I next checked on this whole thing, then it was him on, on, um, on Bordeaux's Twitter page where he's like, you know, switching kits. And I thought, what? How did this all, you know, come about? Because I mean, that was really... Quick, so I, I think 
even though you mean, and I think uh, Emery did get on, I think it was more down to probably Raul Salni in their plans because I think he was pushing for, I think, a longer deal, I believe. And the club weren't now going to, almost I'm not going to be held to ransom because of his injuries and the sort of years that he wanted. You, you know, the problem with Arsenal is they get out to ransom but the wrong players. I mean, a guy like Koscielny, you know, you gladly give him an extra two-year or maybe a two-year deal on his contract because his performances he gives is probably second to none when he's on the field and he's always given his heart out. I mean, he's been on the field when the club got hammered 8-2-5-1, both games against Bayern, all three games, I think. Um, he's just... Like he's just never like been such a professional to the club. I mean, I think for all his years of service, I mean, you'd have thought, you know, they would have at least stood by him, but you know, they just chucked him away basically. I mean, I'm sure Ateta could have used him since he's very good on the ball as well. He was, you know, for me, one of the best defenders we've had over the years. And I mean, if uh, I think it also with Santi, it also happened so quick. He was not given, you know, sort of, uh, I wouldn't say extension, but I mean, that, kind, that type of send-off. I know now they want to now, uh, you know, do something like that with, if there's ever going to be some Emirates Cup, uh, they were planning to do something like that where they invite Villarreal so that he can actually get a decent send-off. But, I mean, I don't know how that, you know, with all those cancellations in football, and it, I just don't know how that's going to also play it. But, I mean, he does deserve also a send-off, uh, Santi. Yeah, he was a big fan favourite to hard work and I think that season what the one season where he got injured too like we were doing quite well, he got injured and we struggled. I think it was the fifteen, sixteen season it could have been where we, we we looked like we could have challenged Leicester and then it just fell apart. So I'm just also switch my attention now to just some other news also with regards to also football. Um I don't know if you also noticed uh, some teams actually have started now with light training. I mean, of course, I'm not, I don't know about the English league. I think I just saw Tottenham doing some sort of, you know, park run or whatever. But I mean, they also came under serious flack because of, you know, that social distancing, etc., etc. But I mean, I saw like Bayern were training in that where they were training on in units of two. Where they, you know, also have that sort of distance between them. But they were also doing stuff like that. And uh, I think I saw also um, Hertha Berlin. They were again doing cycling, but also with a... It was like, you know, that, that uh, like you would have, let's say, the time trial type thing where you have that like one cyclist goes and then about 45 seconds, the next one goes. and then, So they were doing stuff like that to keep fit. So I just wonder when the, you know, most of the other teams in the league now go to and start doing stuff like that. Because look, Arsenal now really did the... Uh, clean down of the of London Colney, and I think Arteta is also now in, in constant contact now with all the players as well. Now I think a bit more now, as we kind of, you know, if this fl- curve, this coronavirus curve, can also somehow flatten somewhat or start dipping, then I think we're gonna probably see some more action. Then, like you know, we we it comes to training. And... I think the UK is just in a bad state at the moment with the cases and the curve flattening because. I think right now it's it's I think they quite high with the amount of um, cases that they're having. I mean, so I don't know when it will be safe for them to actually start or leave leaving the houses. And I'm not sure. Maybe I wonder if they will ever 
go to a complete lockdown like we've having here in South Africa now. Yeah, because I mean, I'm just also like I'm constantly thinking also how that I know I mentioned last week about the contract, uh, like you know, people that are on on short term contracts or loan contracts, how that's now also going to work. I mean, the only thing I you really that or the, what is kind of clear is like people like say Cedric Suarez who's a free agent either way. But I mean, I'm just thinking how, like, say, Paul, uh, Pablo Marie uh, or um, Danny Ceballos, how that can also play out. Like, will Madrid now, you know, take what if we now offer them something? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a real um, interesting time for football because we don't even know if we're going to complete the season. We don't know anything. And I think Pablo Marie, I mean, he, he started, you know, just started, you know, keep, keeping a clean sheet with Arsenal, you know, doing well in his in his um, breakthrough into the team and then suddenly the season just halts talk about you know un- very bad luck um i just have something that i want to ask you um with regards to various combinations we've had in our team i just want to give your you know your favorite combination that you've seen over the years favorite you know pair center back pairing you've seen favorite midfield pairing and favorite Either strike force or maybe attacking mid and, st- and central forward. Okay, um, with the defense, I think I actually liked uh, at 0102 in that I think in the beginning period was a Tony Adams and Sol Campbell in the beginning because yeah. that was actually you know they were also you know safe as houses and it was actually one of those league title wins where. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be cocky or whatever, but it was almost like you. Always knew we were going to be there or thereabout, but I mean, probably going to take the league because almost like we, we fine tuned from the previous season. We had like you know the different floors and the, whatever to the squad. Uh, Wenger then, of course, brought in uh, Sol and it. And I mean, you could actually see it was like, uh, as I say, what's that? A uh, hand fitting in a glove. It was just that <laughs> perfect combo in midfield. I mean, I know many are always on about the Vieira Petit combination, but for me, one that always stood out was Vieira and Gilberto because the way they complemented each other. Because look, you got this one guy who's like, you know, a real superstar. He's the juggernaut of the squad in Vieira, and then you got this guy who's quiet but he's skillful and he's, you know, you know, tough in the tackle, quick enough to also be on the break to to spring us into attack. Contributed with goals. Every time did did uh, devil. He was like you know potent from attacking corners and stuff like that. So that combo I really liked. And then I think in the midfield pairing, like, you know, more attacking wise, I actually liked. Uh, you know, I can go for many other players as the, as the second one as the second player. But for me, always that linchpin of that attacking mid was all Santi. I mean, Cesc, yeah, but I mean, I just don't know. Like for me personally. I know you have a soft spot for Cis, but <laughs> I know I still have that. <laughs> but, but I mean, for me, to almost like get over the whole Cis thing when, when he left, I always thought we're never going to get somebody to, like, you know, that's that good. And, and then you see this little guy that came from, what was Malaga. And I mean, he's like, you know, quick feet, you know, twisting and turning. And, and uh, what was the thing that, that your one of your favorite lines where you said, um, I think it was Jamie Redknapp said, Santi Cazola could turn you inside a, a London, was a telephone box? Telephone box, yeah. He <laughs> wouldn't be able to get the ball off his feet. And then I think with forward line, I think probably the one that took us most to the most successes is probably Burkamp and Henry. Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I was actually you know thinking of this in the in the shower because I th- I was thinking about it you know the other day and just thinking you know the best midfield combinations defense you know how yeah. they always had that strong core and yeah. you know Balkov what you mentioned almost played in a title winning side like yeah. you know besides Adams never played with Gilberto Silva yeah but if you had like you know Adams um, Campbell was there, Burkamp was there, Henri was there, and Vieira was there. So they've all linked and they all played with each other somewhat in the interchange or maybe even, you know, the, when the one left, the other one came in. But they all knew what it was like playing with winners, something we don't actually have in this current crop of guys. Yeah. And I mean, what I also miss is that, you know, I think we took it almost like for granted in that successful period. You didn't take note of it much. But, you know, it was like when Chelsea started getting successful and that, and then well, I think, I don't know if it was an interview once with John Terry or whatever, and then he said, well, you've got like that that spine. And he said, like, you know, you've got Peter Chick, then you've got him. And then in midfield, you got Lampard and up front you had... Uh, with Rogba. Rogba, yeah. So that, we have to get, uh, overcome that. And I mean, for me, with Arsenal... I think, look, we got a decent goalkeeper, so now we need somebody that's going to also like stabilize and also like solidify, solidify that, that central defense that can really, and I mean, not just dominate his position, but also call the call the shots running right through that old back four or back, whichever the defensive combination we have. Then, of course, in midfield, I think, I still think we need almost like a bigger sort of figure in there. I think that is where we're still lacking. Because we don't have that, that, that um, uh, you know, uh, sort of like uh, that Fernandinho of, of Man City, or you think of, at times, like Jordan Henderson, as, as cocky as he can be sometimes. I mean, he is more like a workhorse in that, that uh, midfield. And, I mean, you, you do actually see our Liverpool dip in form when he's not playing. Because now, especially that period now, we had that, that uh, when the football's now up and running, when he had that, that hamstring injury and he was out for like three or four games, you could actually see that is where that big wobble of Liverpool also came. And then also up front, I think, uh, you know, as much as hard as Aubameyang tries, I, th- I still think he needs somebody of that cal- of his calibre or even better to, you know, support him. And I, I, don't, I don't mean as a second strike partner, but somebody that can play just off him, you know, the way Burkham used to play off Henry, but also can pop up with goals, can score as well, a hell of a lot of goals, but also just be there and there about in that front range, because uh, like, uh, when I look at Pepe also, there's something that, that's still seriously lacking with him, and then, of course, Reese Nelson is almost like still feeling his way in, but at the, at, at the way I'm feeling at the moment, I think if that Reese Nelson keeps on at, at playing his rate, and by the time, uh, say, our left-backs are up and running and fit, then, look, Saka will probably get that left flank slot. Obama will get to, to spear the attack. Then, I mean, that leaves Pepe seriously under serious heat. Then. And I think it's to be neat in the team that serious competition for places and you'll see people stepping up and playing for this spot in the team instead of it being given. You know, one thing I just want to add, like, I'm mean, also now winding the podcast down since not that much to also talk about. But, um, look, we've been also linked with that Levin Kazawa from PSG. And, you know, honestly, I, I don't know what people see in him. I mean, I, look, he, he's he's just almost like a, become a bit part player at, at PSG. I mean, I don't know who also started this whole rumor. That, 
But I just don't see what's so fantastic about him because it's almost like you're putting, it's almost like having a, a smaller, slimmer version of Colosinach. <laughs> he does the same errors at, at, at PSG when he's there. It's just, it's just he's a very good player to have on FIFA. Probably just when he broke into the, the PSG team. So, yeah, it's that pace on, out wide. But like you mentioned, he doesn't have that physicality to defend. So, we basically will be doing the same thing, buying a like-for-like player. And then we have two of the same player who make the same errors. And, you know, we, we keep on regressing instead of progressing. Because, I mean, I think where, where my biggest worry is, is that since he has a very low... Uh, release clause uh, that you know, you know, at times Arsenal can be so cheap if I can put it like that. So you, they might think, oh, we can get him for you know, like next to nothing. So why don't we just take it up that offer? Because I would want to have somebody that's, you know, I wouldn't say on the that's better than what we have. Because I think I'm I'm quite happy with Colosinac, and I'm quite happy with Tian if we can stay fit. And then the other rumor also that's been stewing even here in Germany, um, that uh, was it, guy Tolisso of Bayern. Oh yes, there is now talk that because look, they want to also now revamp their squad for the new season because look, they also have that sort of standards like Barca and, and Real Madrid. If if they see anything mediocre, even if they're winning the league, whatever, they're still gonna you know come with some glamour signing. So. They're probably going to start shifting out players because I don't think they're going to take up also that option of Coutinho. Yeah, wasn't he doing well at Bayern at one stage? He started off well, but it's almost like with Bayern under new uh, management now, or new, new coach now, who's, I think he's also not permanent, but I mean, he was already on the, that route, the, that Hansi flick. Uh, I just think you know, the door slowly started closing up for Coutinho as well. So it's almost like he became just like a bit part player, you know, just getting mm. the cameo appearance. Or if they're playing games where, if they got like an important game coming up the weekend, a midweek game, then they let him play the midweek game. So now these things are also going to pan. But I mean, look, he's also been linked to, you know, a return to the Premier League as well, Coutinho. Oh, yeah, I heard about it to Chelsea possibly, yeah. Because uh, I think everybody, I think his salary is also quite hefty. So. That's probably going to also be a, a stumbling block for many teams, especially now with, I think, you know what you were saying earlier on about the, the how we get, how teams are going to be or go about their business. I think also now there's going to be also maybe a more tighter transfer window if we now have another transfer window coming up. Because I think teams will probably try to cost cut where they can. And, and I think the most popular thing that's going to probably be floating around is you know, people that are on low release clauses and free transfers. Hopefully you can try to take advantage of that. Yeah. So, I'll end off the podcast now. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. It should be a nice long weekend with this Easter coming up. Take care, guys. Bye. Stay safe, guys. Bye.